Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Good morning. It is January 14th, 2024, and we're going to go live a little early this morning. About 30 minutes ago, my internet went out and it came back on about 10 minutes ago, and it's all probably weather related. So I want to get this done while I know my internet is working. I did do a test to see if I could do it on my phone, but I'd rather be at my desktop. I think you can understand why. So uh, prayers for everybody who will be out driving in the uh, this polar vortex conditions out there where the because at the temperatures we're at bridges are absolutely going to be icy today there's just no real way around it and at least in my area the counties aren't always the most responsible when it comes to basic preventative maintenance like spraying whatever de-icer is legal to use here on the bridges to make sure that they are safe to drive on so uh we will try to uh, try to keep this relatively brief today also just in the interest of <clears throat> not <clears throat> losing the internet stream in midstream while we are talking about things that people want to hear about. We're going to talk about two things really today. One is a group of priests from a very unlikely place stepped forward and said no to fiducia supplicants. And the other is that Archbishop Vigano gave an interview that few people noticed <laughs> where he really just went off on the document. And Vigano has a particularly spicy way of talking. So we will uh, present that information here today in a responsible manner in keeping with the rules of this place as always is the case but so we are here early ah, okay sorry from oklahoma city well i'm about 35 miles 40 miles east of you right now so uh, we are in the same boat together today <laughs> that uh have you gotten snow yet we haven't gotten any snow yet we're expecting snow mid-morning at like which is kind of a problem today because it's sunday and for the drive but um it's going to get interesting today and tomorrow. So uh, good morning to Flying Tigers and everybody else in the live chat today. So um, we can just get right into it. The unlikely place that you're getting good news from these from uh, priests is actually Germany, of all places. <laughs> and I'm going to just be blunt here. Germany is a place that has been at the forefront of the changing the teachings of the church to suit the needs of the secular world it has a lot to do with the relationship between the church in germany and the state there it also has a lot to do with that uh the church tax the way it's done there but it also has a lot to do also with the amount of money germany gives to the vatican they have be because of that relationship that financial relationship with the vatican the church in germany has been able to flaunt the faith to really just the modernists there have been allowed to do whatever they want with nothing more than a few slaps on the wrist here and there. And that's why you might be wondering why haven't the German bishops for all the errors that they promote been received pushback harder than they have. And the reason is pretty straightforward because of the money. Germany is either number one or number two after the United States in terms of amount of money because the Catholics in that country give to the Vatican. So, of course, the Vatican has to tread carefully because you've probably heard by now they're broke. 
So they had this letter from a group called uh, Communio Veritatis. This is a group of priests. It's not diocesan priests. These are a group of priests who are at least traditionally minded who have issued a very short thing that I pre-recorded for you so you can see the words on screen. And it's right here. It's less than three minutes long. Here's their statement on this. Sin cannot be blessed. Declaration of Communio Veritatis and the priests of that organization. In view of the Vatican's brochure, Fiducia Supplicans, which by a sophistical maneuver propagates the extra-liturgical possibility of, quote, blessing couples in irregular situations and double S types, we declare the following. One, the order of creation blessed by God for man says, by creating man and woman, he called them to an intimate communion of life and love and marriage. The marital union understood traditionally, which is founded and endowed with its own proper laws by the creator, is by its very nature ordered to the communion and good of the couple and to the generation and education of the children. Two, the euphemism, couples in irregular situations, refers to unions of the flesh outside of holy matrimony valid before God. As a grave sin, such acts constitute a serious act against the sixth commandment and profoundly defile the human being. Three, based on clear biblical message, the constant magisterium of the Catholic Church has always declared that James Martin practices are among the grave sins that immensely violate chastity and are vehemently rejected by sacred scripture. The Catechism reminds us that the guilt of those who inhabited one such city that God destroyed is a sin that cries out to heaven. Four, in her famous work, A Conversation with God on Living Your Spiritual Life to the Fullest, St. Catherine of Siena testifies to the extent to that which the Lord condemns such activities. Quote, The wretched do even worse things than commit the accused, uh, the accused sin against nature. And like blind fools whose reason is clouded, they do not realize the rottenness and misery in which they are mired. It is disgusting not only to me, who am supremely supreme eternal purity, indeed so disgusting that I destroyed five cities by my divine judgment for the sake of this one sin, because my justice would no longer endure it, but even to the demons. End quote. Five, there can be no contradiction between doctrine and pastoral care in the Catholic faith. Real mercy is always linked to the truth. It does not hypocritically confirm people in their guilty situation, but tries to lead them to repentance for the sake of eternal salvation, from the death of sin to the life of grace. 6. Sin cannot be blessed. That would be a misuse of God's most holy name. We will therefore never perform blasphemous blessings that are in blatant contradiction to the order of creation and divine revelation. Dated December 31st, 2023, Feast of the Holy Family, First Annual Remembrance for Pope Benedict XVI by the priestly group Communio Veritatis. I'd been sitting on that for a few days because the um, the news had been continuing to come out from Fernandez and his, uh, we'll say, literary past. <clears throat> Notice, though, that that declaration, again, comes from Germany. It is, there's no ambiguity there. It is about as clear a statement as you can make. They, they say no. <laughs> the citations to scripture and to various magisterial documents is unequivocal. The compendium of the of the Catholic Church is a a document that is a compilation of magisterial documents. It's the uh I've thoroughly enjoyed that statement because it took a group of priests who are in a priestly fraternity who took great risk by saying no, by the way, 
to issue a statement much clearer than most of the good statements from good bishops. Have you noticed that? Even most of the good bishop statements are they're not written in a way that you and I could easily understand. I hate to say it, but I think of like Cardinal Mueller, who will often write in an almost academic way, which is why I prefer for a number of reasons. One of the reasons is why I prefer Bishop Schneider, who tends to be more clear. Vigano tends to be more clear. But a lot of the better bishops forget that what they are writing is meant to be read by the typical layperson to in these times of confusion to reinforce us in the faith and to help bolster our faith in a time when many people are throwing their hands up at the error upon error coming from Rome and then leaving for the East who have most of the same errors anyway. I mean, let's be honest with ourselves here. Uh, I myself have pointed this out. Tim Gordon has pointed this out. Others have pointed this out as well, that most of the errors we've seen starting with Morris Letizia were modeled after the Eastern Orthodox. They were. So leaving, for, leaving the Vatican, leaving the Catholic Church for Eastern Orthodoxy to escape errors that came from there is not the best idea. But it is the German, these are German priests who gave us a the clear statement possible. Speaking of clear statements, Archbishop Vigano gave this, this was published a couple of days ago, uh, an interview with uh, Mr. Michael Haynes, who uh, is a mutual of mine on Twitter or X or whatever they call it now. He had this interview, assuming this was written, that he didn't sit down with Archbishop Vigano. But then again, I think Michael Haynes is often in Rome, so maybe he was face-to-face. -face, I don't know. But here we get this. This is, a, And I don't usually like to do back and forth, but I'll, it's about the only way to do it. So Mr. Haynes asks Archbishop Vigano, he says, Cardinal Fernandez in his January 4th statement writes that, quote, there is no room to distance ourselves doctrinally from this declaration or to consider it heretical, contrary to the tradition of the church or blasphemous. How would you remark to respond to such a remark? Vigano's response is not that surprising. He says, quote, it is not surprising that the author of a document which is in itself heretical tries to defend it against all the evidence. Instead, he is surprised by the impudence of those who contradict the synodality, which according to the Bergolians is supposed to leave autonomy to the, quote, particular churches. But this is what happens when a lobby that claims to have democratic legitimacy discovers that the people, who are sovereign only in words, do not support its subversive plans. Popular consensus then becomes populist drift, just like when the, just like when uh, certain political politicians do not, they do that with the uh, secular mechanisms for power here. And the same thing occurs in the Bergolian Church. However, I would like to draw attention to another element that should not that should absolutely not be underestimated. The deliberate provocation on the part of Bergoglio and his henchmen. If Tuco were really in good faith, he would never, ever have promulgated the Declaration of Fiducia Supplicans, because it was widely foreseeable that this uh, error would have aroused very strong protests. From the way the scandalous affair unfolded, even to the point of not convening the plenary session of the dicastery to discuss the content of the document, we can understand what I've already announced for some time, namely that Bergoglio wants to cause a schism in the church and push pastors and faithful to leave, or in any case to find themselves in a situation of voluntary or imposed ostracization in which their resistance is effectively canceled or ignored. This is what constitutes the mark of the pontificate of the Argentine Jesuit, and he himself stated in 2016, quote, I could go down in history as the one who divided the church. This divisive action, typical of the evil one, who is a 
who is a spirit of division and a sower of discord, is incontestable and finds further demonstration in the provocation of fiducia supplicants, which is defended by its author in a grotesque conflict of interests, even deciding modu proprio that it cannot be considered heretical or blasphemous, without arguing and indeed knowing full well that the magisterium of the church has always condemned the sin in question, and therefore considered it unthinkable to bless or even indirectly approve those who live in such a way. In any case, any document bearing Tuco's signature can be considered devoid of any value due to the manifest heresy of Tuco himself and his complicity with Bergoglio in discrediting the Holy Church by usurping its authority to demolish it from within. End quote. <laughs> Vigano's not holding back. For those joining us uh, right now, I went live early because uh, we are now approaching sub-zero temperatures in my area, and um, the internet went out once already, and I want to just do my live stream while I still have internet. So that's why we're doing this a little few minutes early. Um, just going to check the chat here briefly. Because um, the chat is very lively this morning, as is always the case. But yeah, no, very glad to see... Um, It is surprising how Catholic YouTubers hardly picked it up. I mean, this one is surprising that Vegan Oaks is about for a couple of days. And again, the German statement that I started with, the priests from Germany who said no, they issued that on December 31st, and LifeSite picked it up a few days later. But th that wouldn't have been out for a couple of days at least, and nobody had talked about it. And I'm a little surprised. But I think a lot of Catholic commentators are trying to maybe distancing themselves from Vigano even more than they had already. Because of this weird rumor going around that he got himself conditionally re-consecrated a bishop by members of the SSPX resistance. And I don't know why that, that rumor is floating around when he has never once said anything even remotely critical of the post-conciliar changes to, the, to ordination and consecration. He's never hinted at it. It's just a rumor that has taken on a lot of steam by a priest. And as to that rumor, the veracity of it, wait until Vigano confirms it himself before you believe it. But I think a lot of people are starting to distance them from him on that one. So just be be advised, don't believe every rumor from our, about Archbishop Vigano until, until you see him confirm it himself. Um, traditional Catholic says where he's at, it's supposed to be negative 19 Fahrenheit that morning. Yeah, yeah. So this is why I'm doing We already have uh, reports in my town of water mains uh, bursting. So... Lynn Oz, I'm not. I'm not sure if they are traditional priests or if they are from, uh, if they are um, like ordinary form. I, the pictures I found of them showed them shaking hands with John Paul II and Benedict XVI. Make of that what you will. Um, Mutzen says there was a resistance priest who put out a video on YouTube, rumor only. Right. Um, Again, I don't know if he did or not. I, I tend to think it was not a true rumor. But let's go back to this thing. That's what we're here for. So he says, the, the, the interviewer, Mr. Michael Haynes, says, Cardinal Fernandez also says that opposition to fiducia supplicants, quote, cannot be interpreted as doctrinal opposition because the document is clear and definitive about the subject in question. Yet it seems that all opposition to fiducia supplicants is based not on its lines about matrimony being understood in the traditional sense, but rather on its allowing for the blessings in question. And here's how Vigano responds to that, because he's right. Everyone's focusing on the blessings, but they're not talking about the other, the irregular situation part of it. And that's a trouble. That is, that is almost equally troubling. Almost. When, you know, the misuse of the sacraments is bad, really, really bad. But when we're talking, hence, that you know, that's, which is what pertains to the irregular situation. But the other is a sin that sacred scripture tells us cries out to heaven. 
So I'm tending to err on the side of the sin that cries out to heaven being at least slightly worse than the other one. Not that, not to lessen at all how bad the first sin when in question is. But Vigano says, this document is a monument of Pharisaic hypocrisy. First of all, he, meaning Fernandez, pretends to ignore that the Byzantine distinction between liturgical and extra-liturgical blessings is clearly contradicted by the value attributed to them by those who impart them and those who ask for them, as well as, of course, by those who have deemed it appropriate to comment on the matter right now. A good parish priest knows very well that for the average faithful layperson, simply, simply blessing a union means approving it. Correct. <laughs> Furthermore, blessing a couple who are public sinners, even just in the sacristy, with relatives and friends is considered a necessary prerequisite for then arriving in a relatively short amount of time to holy matrimony by the, through the back door, basically. On the other hand, more or less the same was done when, in the civil sphere, so the... the civil parody of the whole of the sacrament were created to accompany the the actual sacramental union thanks to the support of the conservative parties who had been made to believe that these that the parody of matrimony did not intend to question the traditional version and in fact today there are these civil parodies between people of the kind we're talking about and no one even remembers what the actual parody version was in order to deceive, Tuco wants to wants attention to be placed on an irrelevant aspect, namely that the blessing does not call into question the sacrament of holy matrimony is only possible in the traditional sense. In order to avoid taking the sin in question into consideration, that sin that cries out to heaven for vengeance, which in fact Paduccia supplicants declassifies and legitimizes. In this way, the consequences that the document has will actually have, consequences we can already see consistently applied by Bergoglian priests and bishops, are ignored. The first among these is inducing faithful to the idea that the, the type of person who identifies with the sin in question or their, uh, their parody of matrimony can have a sort of second-class legitimization, opening that Overton window, which will necessarily lead not only to the legitimization of their parody of the sacrament, but also to those among multiple spouses in the name of inclusiveness towards those who practice the practice in question. Oh, and with other things we can't say on this platform. <laughs> I remember in passant that among the concerns of the Synod on synodality managed by Bergoglio, there was also pastoral attention, not only for, for those who are not legitimate, but live in a state of public sin, but also for those who, with, who have multiple partners. Rereading re those desires, we understand today what the will of Bergoglio and his accomplices was from the beginning. On the other hand, for 60 years, exceptions to the ordinary norms have been used as a pretext to introduce otherwise unacceptable innovations. From the practice of administering communion in the hand to the Institute of Ministers of the Eucharist and Altar Girls, from the introduction of vernacular languages in place of Latin to the replacement of Gregorian chant with profane songs. I also add another element, the fact that the couples who ask for this blessing are already in a the civil parody or intend to do so and do not consider their parody situation sinful. It is that sinful situation that is being asked to be blessed. It is the two components of that sinful situation that ask to be blessed. Tuco knew very well that he could not issue this declaration with the approval of the members of the dicastery in the episcopate, as it was contrary to faith and morals. For this reason, he had to resort to what he did, keeping the drafting of the document well hidden to prevent it from being blocked even before being published. 
To think that he did it without considering the reactions it would arouse and therefore is therefore naive, because Tuco's aim was precisely to create division in the church. His angry reaction confirms that synodality, like all Bergolian pastoral fiction, is only hypocritical screen behind which hides the, the evil of a group of, of heretics who make the anti-human demands of our benevolent total uh, secular elite trampling on the teachings of Christ. Where's the lie? Where's the lie in all that? Mary Becker says he's trying to turn the church into the world. I mean, yeah, that's Pius X warned us of this. He warned us of this in uh, Nostra Apostolique, I think is the document. I have it on this channel. I've recorded it like four years ago or something. But he, he warned us in that document. But yes, the ape of the ape, meaning the ape of the church, is growing, says Mutzen. And Father Yuneki says on 113 that the blessings in question are exorcisms. Of sort of, <laughs> yeah, no, no, that's not. I wish they, I wish that was true. A priest could probably do that. <laughs> Someone comes to him asking for a blessing. I wish that was what was going on here, but that's not what's going on. The blessings, the, the blessings are a giveaway to the values of the world. Um. Mark Becker says we'll drive more good families away from going to church. I think you're going to see here more families going to independent masses. And yes, some going making the mistake of thinking they can go east when they already bless people in irregular situations there. So why would you be <laughs> thinking you're going to find shelter there? Um, I define trapped. Uh, my wife and I drive 90 miles each way to go to mass on Sunday. So I don't know. I I. I have met families that drive longer. I know I understand that in some places gas is way more expensive than where it is where I live. But I, um, I, I, I would suggest praying on the on the drive, thinking think about it, and be in terms of because you will be given graces for making that kind of a sacrifice. So, Mr. Haynes continues saying Cardinal Fernandez says that says that fiducia supplicants passages on blessings are a perennial doctrine. It also admits that Fiducia supplicants, quote, real novelty is his teachings on blessings, which is a, quote, real development from what has been said about blessings in the magisterium and the official texts of the church. What are we to make of this? Vigano responds, if we wanted to give an example of what is meant by Jesuitism, I believe that these words by Tuco could sum summarize the concept perfectly. And yeah, I'm saying his name wrong. I actually don't know what his name means. I haven't looked it up. That nickname people gave him and... Uh, I don't want to trip our hosts up by if it's a kind of a foul thing. So basically what he tries to make us believe is that yes, blessings as a sacramental are a perennial doctrine, but that in order to bless and someone in a regular situation, it was necessary to introduce that true novelty that distorts them, making the specific application ipso facto extraneous to the perennial doctrine due to the change introduced. This has happened in the doctrinal sphere with the arbitrary and absurd condemnation of the ultimate penalty the state can impose, introduced by Bergoglio with the same rhetorical device that hides the deception. That penalty has been considered legitimate, and in this is a perennial doctrine, which is true. The church has said this is legitimate going back to antiquity. You want to talk about particular methods, fine, because there are certainly particular methods that are not legitimate. But in general, the church has always been supportive of that until Francis. But his changes were preceded by those of the popes who came before it, directly before him, who who made statements to say it should be rare. And that's when you start running into, when you start tinkering at all, even around the edges of a doctrine of the church, that's when you start running into problems. 
He says, however, today we introduce the true novelty of its anti-evangelical nature, and therefore we condemn it. It is predictable that with the same pharisaical hypocrisy, Tuco and his master will invent a form of unordained, unordained ministry for women. On the one hand, reiterating that the priesthood is limited to men only, and this is a perennial doctrine, but adding the, quote, true novelty of a, quote, unordained ministry that is, of course, a priesthood non-priesthood of a diaconate non-diaconate. You all understand that the that this is pure, uh, we'll say, narcissism dictated by a a heretic and driven by an evil will. We must understand once and for all that they are usurping the sacred authority of the pastors of the Church of Christ in order to destroy her, condemn souls, offend the divine Majesty, and obey their masters, exactly as in the civil sphere, etc., etc., etc. Both use their power to do evil, contrary to the purpose for which the that power was established. If we continue to obey corrupt authority without throwing it out and putting it on tr the trial it deserves, we will never get out of this impasse. <laughs> there's Vigano responding to this. So, for those joining late, German priests said no. I wish it was like, you know, a thousand of them or something. But it was a, a group of German priests from a priestly fraternity said no. And then Vigano gave us that just absolute takedown of this whole document. Sleeping Linus says, thanks. Next, they'll be saying none of those uh, sins in question need to be confessed. Well, as I mentioned before, it, it almost reads like they're saying that because the sin in question can if, if done as an act of what they consider to be love can bring you closer to God, it almost makes it sound like this is superior to just the one at least that conforms to nature. Right. And I'm not saying the one that conforms to nature when done outside of the bonds of the sacrament is fine. It's not. But at least that doesn't go against the design uh, that God had when he created everything. Flying Tiger says, I feel sorry for the families who have no TLM within a feasible driving distance and have to sit through. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I do too. Um, female Casey Rose said, 11 priests will be ordained for the FSSP. No SSPX in Nebraska. We have FSSP only here. I don't have a problem with the FSSP. I go to mass with the FSSP most of the time. So I don't have a problem with them. I'm pro any traditional priestly fraternity. I'll let the I, I'd le, I, I'll let them work out their internal divisions themselves. I'm definitely a, we need to be stand together against this stuff that's going on right now, while not downplaying the severity of the questions that they're, that divide the different groups, because those are important questions. But that should be left to their theologians and their the bishops associated with them and the magisterium to deal with at some point, and they will. All right, let's see. Do I know if there has been any surveys from Lake Catholics in general, what they think? No, I have not seen that yet. I'm waiting for that, though. I expect Pew Research or somebody will do something like that. Uh, maybe LifeSite will pay for something. I don't know. Um, Lepanto Institute, if Michael Hitchborn is watching this, or if uh, John Henry Weston, if, if you're watching this, your respective organizations could, should consider doing a paying a, a professional polling firm to get the typical Catholic response from this, just to see, because I'm very curious. Yeah, so I'm not going to put that on screen, uh, Sal Paradise, but Tuco blatantly says a certain sin isn't actually one in his uh, nasty book, and that's true. He did say that. So yeah, this is why it's amazing that somebody who just is that blatantly against the doctrine of the faith is the one in charge of defending the doctrine of the faith. All right. 
Chile says uh, Catholic, his home country is a Catholic wasteland, unfortunately. Only one SSPX church, which is 12 hours away, and is the only TLM in Chile. Wow. That's unfortunate. That is unfortunate. Yeah, see, 12 hours is the kind of trip you make for going to Mass once a month or every few months, just because if that's because if you are legitimately afraid to bring your family to an ordinary Mass because the priest may say just bizarre things or maybe he has taken such novelty with the sacraments that they're made that the validity is in question those are all reasons the church has told you you legitimately can not you can skip mass then yeah that's a tough situation uh i mean okay sleeping lioness the complicit clergy has a petition to fire fernandez but i'll tell you right now um the chances of that happening are zero i don't believe in petitions i have never seen a petition on anything meaningful accomplish anything Ever. That's why I think the online petitions are, I don't understand them, honestly. Um, Bishop Schneider's family didn't have access to a mass. That gives me hope. Right. I mean, they, their situation was uh, historically unique, but maybe not be unique forever. All right, folks. Um, Robert Richard says, U.S. is very blessed. I, I've been trying to wrap my head around the basic question. Why are there so many traditional Catholics here? And at least part of it is because the, the situation of our culture is so, I mean, it's a lot of the source now of the, all the things that America exports is a good clue as to that, that people who are right-minded, what they end up doing is searching for a firm foundation. And it eventually leads them to a traditional liturgy and a traditional liturgical rite, whether that's the traditional Latin or the Eastern rites, where they can get the truth. And as sort of their their security against the culture. Which country, uh, Denver, you want to, it's from a priest in Germany of all places. So go ahead and go back to the beginning of this. I'm going to wrap this up here in a minute. So you can see what I'm talking about. Cause it's, um, one of the best, it's, it's possibly the least ambiguous statement I've seen on this subject yet. And that's saying something because some good bishops have said things that were more that were not quite as clear and as simple to grasp as what those priests said. So, all right, folks, thank you very much for tuning in and for being uh, putting up with my going live several minutes early because of the uh, internet situation here. Where, like I said at the beginning, my internet went out half an hour, forty minutes before going live, and it would only came back on and was stable like five minutes beforehand. I was prepared to do this on my phone. <laughs> I tested it to see if I could. And um, so thank you very much for putting up with this. And uh, please pray for everybody who's going to be making the drive to masses today. Although I would expect in most affected areas, your bishop has given people a general dispensation, um, which is legitimate. It, it is when, especially if you live in areas where the road maintenance isn't exactly the uh, the most responsible on the part of the people who should be taking care of such things. But thanks for everybody today. Uh, and uh, oh, well, I'm going to start with this. Many modernists say U.S. traditionalists are pr Protestants because they have a spirit of revolution. They do not have a tradition of monarchy. Yeah, well, they're uh, they don't understand that what we want is the church to teach the same faith that's always taught to take the same position with the rest of the world in terms of sin and error and everything that it always did before about 60 years ago. They don't understand that because they can't accept that something went wrong in the church beyond implementation of documents. Because the implementation of documents is the problem. Position doesn't stand up to scrutiny. 
I have not referred to the Orthodox Church as having these blessings, but they have they but they allow uh, divorced and remarried to receive the sacraments, and they clearly flaunt the words of our Lord on the permanency of of holy matrimony. So I I don't take anything they say with any seriousness, and they're not a haven for anything. They have their own problems. There is a movement within their ranks to try to do the same stuff Rome is doing, though. I don't know how successful they'll be, but I wouldn't trust them. Anyway, folks, thanks very much for tuning in, and uh, as always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein, Ave Maria.